Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, friends. Thanks for tuning in to this volume of BS Sessions, part of Time to BS Podcast. Joining me for volume 13 is Hong Lam of the Defining Moments Podcast as we talk life, overcoming struggles, and even current issues in today's world. Once again, thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome to BS Sessions, a podcast for whenever and whatever is on the mind. Part of Time to BS Podcast. Now, here's your host, Dan Cruz, Mr. Staniel Smooth. Welcome. Welcome, bro. How are you doing? Uh, Joining me for BS Sessions Volume 13, well, well well-weighted. Uh, he goes back with us a long time, going back to the, to our first podcast, The Sports Cave. And yeah. so, f- almost three years, you've been keeping up yeah, with us. Good after, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome, Hong Lam of the Defining Moments Podcast. What's up, brother? How you doing? Man, I, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's a... Uh... Actually, it's really cool how we connected from just two and a half, three years ago, and here we are, almost face to face, pretty much face to face. And yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited that you trust me to be on your podcast. <laughs> hey man, anyone who is, uh, anyone who's a friend of uh, Michael McGlintock of the Air Raid Attack podcast is a friend of mine. That's how I see it. Right so, uh, your story is just fascinating. It's, it's amazing, and. You and your family and your parents are living the American dream. And that is what you strive for on every single social media post, living the American dream. That is what you strive for. Absolutely, man. 100%. So, uh, so if you don't mind, you could tell me, tell me more about it. And I'm interested to know about your story. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so my parents... They got married over in uh, Saigon, Vietnam. And of course, the war was ending mid to late 70s, uh, 1970, 1975-ish. And it was at this point where my grandfather told my dad, which is his father-in-law, said, hey, you guys have got to get on this boat. 
And when I say boat, this boat wasn't like a, you know, Carnival Cruise Line. It was a cargo ship. Yeah. And my parents, <laughs> they left money, their college education, family. They they came on that boat with with nothing. And with the help of the United States military, they were able. They were at sea for 33 days. Uh, men and women, uh, refugees were dying of disease, hunger. Uh, my parents, even my dad, was like, "Man, we're we're dodging bullets, uh, leaving the bay." And so they landed in Fort Jaffe, Arkansas, Ooh. and they got sponsored by three American couples from Guthrie, Oklahoma, a church. And so to give you a reference of distance, Guthrie, Oklahoma to Fort Jaffe is a it's about four and a half, five hours. And when I say sponsor, they didn't give my parents any money, but they took them into their church and took them into their house. And they helped my parents learn, read, write, speak English. Uh, my parents became citizens of the United States. My parents were mowing yards in Nichols Hills. So Nichols Hills, Oklahoma, it's a really nice, and we're talking about multi-million dollar mansions. Yeah. And these people hired my parents they not only hired them, but they fed them. They uh, always brought out lemonades. They had my brother and I go into the house and play with their kids. Uh, my parents were cleaning offices. Uh, my dad ended up moving, my parents moved to Denver. My dad was a busboy at Denny's. And so long story short, uh, their journey, 33 days at sea, led to where I was actually born in Edmond, Oklahoma. And without the help of the United States military, without the uh, folks from that church in Guthrie, Oklahoma, who my parents still talk with their siblings because that's beautiful. Some of the original sponsors have passed away, but my parents have, yeah, my parents kept in touch with the kids and their grandkids. And so they still keep in touch with Christmas cards. And so it's, you know, I'm very thankful. And uh, my parents were eventually saved enough money where they were able to sponsor my grandparents and my aunts and uncles over. So, that the mid seventies were known as the boat people, literally the boat people. I got you. I got you. And how did defining moments start? How did that? How did that start? Because I see, as I'm looking at the logo on on your sweatshirt, and it has the American flag. It has a, the American flag design, and I love that. How did that yeah. start? Yeah. So. My wife designed this. She designs everything as far as our designs go uh, on shirts, coffee mugs, uh, T-shirts. But defining moments came. I, I coached boys competitive soccer for close to 16 years. And I would always ask the guys, like, at the end of practice, what are some of those moments that you go through in your life? And it's not just about soccer, but just school what did you do at school today and you go through these moments how how is practice how's life at home and i would talk about and these are like defining moments and now that you define those moments or those moments actually just define themselves yep and i kept going with that theme for about 15 years and then last the last year i coached my wife was like man that's a really you know she really liked that defining moments and so i thought the next challenge we my, my wife and I are in the engineering world, so we have no idea about audio, audio engineering, and the next challenge is why not start a podcast and see who can we connect with our neighbors, um, mayors, just whomever wants to come on our show, share their moments, and we can build bridges within our community. So that's 
how defining moments started out and that's the name we took on my wife's like you should go with that name and that's what we did that's gorgeous i love that um what's one story that you've that you've covered throughout your time doing this podcast um that really stuck out to you man that's a, such a good question uh now i have to go with a uh a, a guy by the name of uh bryce and uh, ryan smoke so bryce is confined to a wheelchair he's got several palsy and ryan is a triathlete and he was running a the iron man and he had this excitement he's like man i wish i could share this with someone and his son knew bryce bryce's brother and knew bryce's situation so he, he brought it to bryce's mom and I saw the Instagram post, man, this is about literally two and a half years ago. Beautiful. And this is right at the beginning. Yeah. And so I thought, man, it'd be cool to just have them on the show and hear their story. Yeah. And from that point on, it was like, man, it's like this bond that you, you have that they still remember who you are. We still remember who they are. We still remember their story. It was just like it was yesterday when the studio recording. So that's probably one of the coolest ones because they've, They've run triathlons together now. They won a, a couple together, and it's it's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I can't I can't speak for uh for his situation, but uh, I've I don't have a physical disability. I have a I have a mental disability. I was diagnosed with a PDD NOS at a very young age. Um, life has always been tough for me, you know, whether it's communication skills, you know you know, social skills or anything really. I was, cause it was always in that mindset of just, okay, I'm going to be, you know, this quote unquote loser or different. But in a nutshell, everyone is different in their own, in their own lifestyle, in their own life. And yeah. I always, uh, I always come back to this quote by uh, Herman Munster Back in the fifties, there was just there was this video that keeps popping up on Facebook. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, the color of your skin or where you come from, or you you could be dumb, smart, ugly, handsome. It doesn't matter. It all all that matters is the size of your heart and the strength of your character. And I've I've always striven to be, you know, I've always driven to be, you know, a a better person in my own in my own life and and try to help people any way I can and even if it means you know getting my ass motivated to go to the gym or go for a run or do something um I I've always taught myself to never give up even if it means you have to go and do something so difficult you want to quit but it's always that thought in the back of my mind that just, okay, don't quit. Keep going. Just keep going. You've, you've come this far. Don't let anything, don't let anything bring you down. And I've been brought down too many times in my life. Um, over the, over the course of, you know, the past 10 years, which is being emotionally and just emotionally brought down. And, you know your your podcast and your social media platforms is. I read I read some of those quotes and I look at them like God, just I want to do stuff now. 
So I greatly appreciate. (laughs) I get a laugh at that too sometimes, but I greatly appreciate, you know, you know, you starting this podcast, you know, starting this, this undefeated movement of just kick ass, man. Just kick ass. It's awesome. I love it. That's right. I love it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Man, you, you talk about a difficult, you, you've been through some difficult times, probably some difficult roads. What's a difficult time that you actually went through and how did you get on the other side of it and how did it feel once you made it there? Well, around this time a year ago, um, around last month, it would have been a, a year, um, I was admitted into a psych ward uh, for, for a few days. Um, I don't, I don't really like, I don't like to talk about it sometimes, but I, I talk about it just to get, to get my mind off of it. But I was there for a couple days and for, for depression, for a depression episode slash suicidal thought. And I wasn't in the, I wasn't in the best of place. I was not. And when I was there for a couple days, I saw some things that, I couldn't even describe to you um, how how crazy they were. Um, there was this one guy that knocked his teeth out with his with his smashing his face into a wall, and there was this one guy I remember, and I developed a I haven't spoken to him in a year, but um, I always remembered him telling me, "Hey." There's only one way to go from here, and that's go forward, go forward. And from the from the day I got out, I took a picture of of the medical strip of the of the uh, the wristband that they get of the medical wristband that they gave me at the hospital. And I took a picture of that, and I I said to myself, okay, if I'm going to get better mentally. And even physically, because at that time I was over 300 pounds. I was over severely overweight. I was physically and mentally dying. And had I kept gaining weight, had I kept you know losing my myself mentally, I don't know if I would be here today. And I I thank my parents, and they're probably watching this. And I, I I thank them. I really do thank them. And I may not say it all the time, but I I do thank them for getting my ass straight. Uh, getting my head straight, and I lost a ton of weight. I'm down 60 pounds so far, and I'm still going. And nice. whatever I thanks, man, and whatever I can to uh, to help people uh, get their head right, even if even means being a hard ass. Um, just I always come back to that to those few days I spent in the in the hospital um, around a year ago. And just, okay, don't go back there. Don't go back there. You don't want to go back there. You want to go forward. And that's, that's, that's all I, that's all I come back to. And even then I just, there are some moments where I, where I look back and say, okay, I regret this happened in my life, but regret just leads to more stress. And regret leads to more anxiety. And you you let the past go. And you look forward to the future. It's, 
I always, I come back to a quote by a uh, what was that movie Kung Fu Panda or something like that where yesterday is history, <laughs> tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That is why it's called the present. And as mm. and it's it's a neat quote. And I've always been I've always looked at random quotes on YouTube just to you know calm myself down or get myself motivated or get my head straight for even if even if it was for five minutes uh that that quick video would keep me sane if you want to put it that way so um to answer your question that that uh those those short few days at the hospital really uh that's something i keep going back to every now and then but um and from that moment on, I think I wanted to start time to BS have a have a place for people to speak their mind, and BS sessions eventually yeah. came into into play here. And I wanted a place to not only talk my passion, which is sports and nonsense, but also give a place to where people can come on and speak their mind, whatever they want to get off their chest. Whether it's stupid or important, just get it off your chest. And I want people to know that, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not much, but I'll be, but I'm there for you. Because there were people that were there for me, and I want to be there for, and I want to be there for people, especially. And it's, uh, it's very humbling to, uh, to have you come on and tell your story and tell other people's stories and it's it's awesome it's awesome it really is it makes me feel like a kid in a candy store <laughs> <laughs> now i appreciate it man you talked about your your parents and how they were very supportive of you and yeah pretty much man it sounds like they were there for you not phys- not just physically but probably more emotionally and that's probably the biggest piece of the battle and the support yeah and you know, my dad, you know, as much of a hard ass he can be, uh, he's he wants what's best for me. And <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he's probably gonna blow up my phone eventually, like, why are you why are you saying such stupid shit? Get off the internet. Like, well I'm saying nice things <laughs> about you. And uh my mom, my mom especially, uh, she sacrificed so much. So much to get me where I am. Uh, she uh, she raised three other kids outside of me. Uh, my oldest sister and my two younger brothers. Uh, she she would sacrifice so much. I really didn't appreciate it until after I left home. After I moved out. I was just like, wow. I am here because of my parents. And, and it's, it's humbling. And it's it's heartwarming, also because uh, your parents, like what you told me, your parents did everything, everything to keep to keep their feet on the ground, to keep their heads to keep their heads straight, to to love and support you and the rest of their family. And you know there there are people that just don't appreciate you know what their parents would do for them. But, you know, my mom would, she wouldn't work, uh, she wouldn't work at a, at a job for 10 years, 10, 10, almost 10 years, 
uh, because she wanted what was best for her kids. She wanted what was best for her family. And she would literally take so much time out of her life to to keep us on to keep us on the ground, to keep us on our feet. And even if it meant, you know, slapping us halfway across the face and into, you know, into the Pacific Ocean, you know, to get our to get our asses straight, she she was there. She was always there. And you know, I, I always come look at this tattoo that I have. Um and she she picked out the design. I could just fix it to the camera. Uh, it says one piece at a time. Yeah. And she she picked out the design. She did. And she wants to get an autism awareness tattoo as well. Eventually. But um, maybe for a Mother's Day gift. I have no idea yet. But <laughs> there you go. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they've they've always been there. And, um, and your what and your wife, you said was, uh, was a huge part of starting this pod of starting your podcast. She was a huge part of it. And I haven't spoken with her. I've spoken with you obviously, but I'm sure she yeah. is a gentle soul. I'm sure she is such a gentle soul. Yeah, she, man, she's amazing. And thank you for that. Uh, she is super amazing at everything that she does. She does everything for the podcast except for hosting the show and the social media posts. I do the posting and I do the hosting. But that's it, man. She does everything else. That's it's awesome. Amazing. That's awesome. And she she's she's your rock. I love that. And I had I had a rock, but uh he unfortunately uh he passed away. Not that that's his actual Aww. that's my dog's paw print and he he was yeah. uh yeah he was my rock he was my rock at but uh when he was when he was with me in my life and yeah. oh it sucks it's it sucks two years two years but uh life moves on in the in oh strange sense of uh sense of the way do you have a I think you mentioned I think you mentioned on one of your posts that you have that you have events that are, that go around every now and then right or my uh. Yeah, so we uh, we do giveaways every couple weeks, and we actually started that. Let's see, it was uh, about a year ago. We started that last February when things were shutting down, and the just social media was just. I mean, if we think it's negative now, rewind back a year. It was super negative, and if you rewind back a little bit further, it was starting to get ultra negative. And I'll even—I'll be honest, man—it's—it's it's gotten more negative probably since 2015, 16 till present, and it's gotten worse. And what we decided to do was with the whole shutdown. Well, how can we support local businesses? So we started buying up gift cards to our local business here in Oklahoma City. Well. We didn't realize that the following, the giveaways were actually, there's a lot of people around the United States that were just entering just because. And so what we decided to do is instead of doing just local Oklahoma City, we would buy maybe a gift card from, let's say, whoever the winner is for the giveaway, we'd give them a $50 gift card to your local restaurant, donut shop, cookie shop. That's awesome. 
and we had this yeah we have this huge supporter and man he dude he's his partnership with us has been amazing so we partnered with him for about a year and to currently now and we'll buy bags of coffee from the beard vet veterans coffee we recently gave away valentine's day cookies because there's a 15 year old here that i saw on instagram and she's one of 11 kids and she's sitting there she's she's baking these cookies with her mom trying to sell them so she can play volleyball go to school etc and man this girl's 15 years old one out, one out of 11 kids yeah and she's doing this so why not jump in to support that and Hell so yeah. we ended up buying 12 we were going to buy eight but we ended up buying 12 boxes and it was awesome we went to their house we picked it up walked in their house and it was like it's just family man and yeah it's total strangers right yeah total strangers yeah and you just you just walked in like hey we're here to support you guys like just give it we'll buy we'll buy 12 boxes of cookies from you guys and that's awesome that's really awesome yeah and yeah. Yeah. I, I always love those heartwarming stories of just cool shit that just you never hear about but then when you but when you find out about them it's just oh it's awesome I love that I love that yeah I appreciate it, man we uh we try to hit every part of the community we can. We love our our cattlemen, our ranchers, our farmers, our military, local law enforcement. Hell I yeah. Along with Highway Patrol for a night and hung out with the lieutenant and now we're friends. I'm friends with a few of the troopers. Met the general of the Oklahoma National Guard at a podcast with him. My neighbor across the street, they around my street, let's say there's a guy in the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, a Navy pilot, um, served in the Army, got a guy who drills horizontal wells. I mean, it, it's COVID in 2020 has brought everyone yeah. to our front row, and we would just chill, man. You would never think of that with everything shut down, but and right. not, but right. it's actually brought more people together when you think about it. It's like, oh, like... You, you never think about like oh the, the the local diner down the street, but when, but when local businesses are starting to shut down, it's just like oh you feel bad and you want to do anything you can because, you, don't get me wrong, I love going to Home Depot every now and then to look for some cool tools, but there's nothing about it, but there's nothing better about like a local hardware store. You could just go there and you know everyone, and we have like. To throw IHOP in perspective, or Denny's, or whatever, or or like a or like a big chain diner, but where I grew up, we have this small diner that's been around for God knows how long, and the same building's been around for God knows how long, and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to IHOP. I will literally go 45 minutes if I'm like on the other side of the island. I if like, yeah. oh, do you want to go to IHOP or do you want to go to Denny's? I'm like, nope. Take me back home. Go to that diner. That's it. I don't care. I don't care if I have to drive forty-five minutes there and back. I will. I will go to that diner to get myself some pancakes. I will do whatever I can. And it's it's such a home-friendly diner. I love it. And yeah. and that's and that's what I love. I love you know homegrown small businesses, the mom and pop shops. I love that. And. It's a shame because you have the, all these big businesses that are staying open and it sucks. And meanwhile, you got the local mom and pop shop that can't keep their doors open 
because let's face it, I mean, big businesses and big companies are taking over, and it's a, it's a, it, it, it hurts, it hurts, it really does, and it sucks that what it especially hurts when you can't do anything about it. It really does. Yeah, it does, man. And I, you, you hit it on the head. The the small local businesses where you would drive 45 minutes to support and get some pancakes because you know them. They know you, which gives you that lever that that level of like, man, this is family, right? Yeah. That, that's family. And what's happening is I see and the, the whole political sphere, big government giving us money. It's it's going to end up becoming where too many are going to rely on that money from the government. And once the government is able to kind of reel you into that, it, it can become socialism and communism really fast before yeah. you even know it. And it's yeah. unconscious, right? So yeah, gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. Yeah. My, my dad speaks to that all the time. And that's what happened. I mean, I'll tell you a story. My dad was in his friend's house and his friend wouldn't give the deed to the communists. The the soldiers were coming in, give, hey, give us the deed to the house. Oh, shit. And he said no. Yeah. And shot, killed. Shit. Yep. So those are the type of stories that don't get, get uh, told. I'll share another one. You talked about the podcast. I trolled Instagram. I found this dude on social media and... His name is uh, Jason J.D. Rutherford. He's 47. Yeah, he's probably 48 now. Okay. And we were actually friends. And his story was crazy. He spent over 27 years in the federal penitentiary. And he got in trouble for human trafficking. He was a coyote, right? He would bring people over the border mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from Mexico. Yeah. And it's not, you would think, oh, well, the news is like, you know, kids in cages, family separation. They're bringing, they're bringing in women and children and smuggling drugs in and threatening to kill uncles and grandpas and husbands if they don't bring the drugs in. A lot of them are Iranians, Russians, Asians. Yeah. I mean, those are the type of humans you're getting brought over. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that he, got in, he, well, he went to jail for that. He went to jail for a lot of different things. So... That just pisses yeah, I mean, me off. Yeah, dude. it's like fucking crazy. <laughs> but uh, like, I'm don't get me wrong. I love this country. I love you know growing up here. I love it. Yeah. But there's some things where I just I don't even watch the news. I don't watch the news. I don't watch local news. I don't watch Fox, CNN, ABC, CB, you name it. I don't watch it because. It's all the same. It is all the same. And I don't know what's your view on, you know, you know, the government and everything, but um, I'm one of those many people that do not trust said government for several reasons. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Um, but I want to get your view. I want to get your view on the uh, on uh, on that on that first. I know it's a bit of a touchy subject because it's <laughs> who knows if they are watching, but I don't know. <laughs> what? No, Matt. I, I okay. So 
I, I appreciate that question. I appreciate your honesty in asking that question. It's a question that there's a lot that dance around it or won't air an answer because yeah. I gave it to you raw. Mm-hmm. For example, I was on a podcast here in Oklahoma. The question was, Wong, do you feel like people are being more distant now than ever before? And this was during the whole COVID shutdown last uh, March. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, it's just being Asian. And I was like, well, hold on a second. Number one, Wong is American. I was born here in Edmond. But if you want to peel the onion back a little bit more, my parents are from Vietnam. And to my understanding, this came from China, from Wuhan. So what do you, what, where are you getting at? Yeah. And he asked a question. He never aired it on his podcast. And I was like, why would well, you what, what was why? that? It's like, what, yeah. what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? So, to you answer your question, I, my political view is the smaller government, the better. We need rules and regulations as far as there should be a, it's a guideline. Yeah. Right? And then you should be able to use your common sense, common courtesy to act respectfully within the guideline of the United States of America, the constitutions, First Amendment, Second Amendment, all the way down to 20-something amendment. Right? Yep. It's understanding the, the Constitution. It's understanding just being a respectful human being and having this conversation. You may not agree with me on everything, and which I hope you, you don't because you shouldn't. So when you don't agree with me, you can state that. And guess what? Wong is going to learn because my brain is like a sponge. I absorb knowledge. Yep. And I become better because you've taught me something. There you go. There you go. You know? And I, I agree with that. Like, you don't have to agree on whatever or you don't have to disagree. It's like, don't get me wrong, there are opinions, but I, I, I view by this. Okay, you can speak your mind, you can speak your opinions, just don't be an asshole about it. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> Because otherwise, that's, right. that's going to get you punched in square in the face. <laughs> At least I'm Dude, honest. I, yeah, that's so funny you said. I, I bring up a, I'll bring up another example of this. Is as at work, I told I told, Mike and I talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. I was at work, and this guy was a colleague of mine. He he engaged me in a political political conversation. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll dance. Yeah. And he started talking about uh, President Trump flat, the flag in his neighborhood. Yeah. And he's like, man, I just, all the neighbors can't stand it and it's annoying. And I was like, okay, well, let me ask you a question. How many flags is he flying on this pole? He's like, two. I was like, which flag flies first? He's like, the United States. I was like, boom. That's what you need to know. There you go. That's what you need to know. There you go. And... I was like, if there's an Obama flag or Biden flag, it doesn't matter. As long as the United States flag flies first, dude, you're winning. There you go. The other one you're supporting. And so long story short, he got kind of heated. He turned around, he's logging onto his computer. He's like, I just can't stand that orange man, that agent orange man. And I was like, hey, dude, look, you do know that agent orange was used in Vietnam and killed a lot of innocent men, women, and children, soldiers on both sides. And actually there's military veterans right now they're still suffering from agent orange Mm -hmm. so i'm just letting you know yeah and he's like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i didn't know i was like that's the problem when you speak too much out of emotion that you don't understand what you're talking about to the wrong person yep your point you might punch in the face yeah 
You'll be punched square in the face. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. I will slap the knowledge into your face. <laughs> and it, I, I, I get in these arguments of people that are sports fans. Like, there are people that, especially with sports, where, because I'm a New York Islander fan, born and raised Islander okay. fan, born and raised Islander fan. You got these schmucks that are like, oh, the Islanders have always been a bad team. They've never amounted to anything. Awesome cup. <laughs> They've never amounted to anything. <laughs> it's like, although never win anything. They've never won a Stanley Cup. Meanwhile, they've been to five cup finals in a row. They've won four straight. They're one of the more successful franchises in NHL history in the 80s. I'm like, just... If you're going to, and if you're going to talk about something, at least do your research ahead of time. Do your research ahead of time. And per and I I talk about this even with nutrition, cause I lo- cause I lost weight. I was I don't have a picture of myself. I I don't have a great picture of myself when I was you know out to here, but. If I did, I would show you it. But um, my trainer would always tell me, okay, you can never have too much protein. You can never have too much fat because protein is energy. Fat is energy in a nutshell. You can all, you can have too much carbs. You can have too much sugar. And that's terrible for you. Duh. But And you have these schmucks on social media that are like, oh, too much protein is bad for you. Oh, too much fat is bad for you. I'm like, under whose research? Reddit? Tumblr? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, do your research. Do your research. Do something that involves research. But, no, yeah. we just want to, like, cancel culture. Hate it. Hate it. Because these schmucks don't know what they're talking about when they try to cancel someone. That's right. Speaking of culture, I got a question for you, man. Sure, what's up? Ben, you're you're the CEO of your own company, the New York Islanders 2.0, and you're going to hit the Stanley Cup, and you're going to win it 10 times in a row. But before we can get to that point, how do you create a culture? Well, hard work, hard work first. Hard work always comes first. And... Even means, you know, busting chops. You have you have to hard work comes first. And when it comes to hard work, use your head. Use your head when you're doing something, when it involves anything like, oh, I'm supposed to be here, not here. Or I'm supposed to be on this section of the ice, not the, not here. And it works the same way with football because I was an offensive lineman. I was a linebacker in, in football when I when I played in high school. And um, and it was like, okay, just, you gotta do your job. You gotta do your job and you have to do your position. You have to do your positional assignment. But if you're going to do your assignment, be the hardest worker, be the hardest worker. And you, you're, you're not born with talent. You're not born with talent. You, you work at it. You work hard to get to said talent. If you're born with said talent, then we need to run a background check or something. I don't know. But, but, it's, how about you? What, what would you, uh, 
Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, yeah, I, I think about, you know, obviously I do think about the hard work. I think about habits. What are my habits? Because my habits are going to create the culture around me, cultivate it. And it can go both ways. It can go negative. If I create a negative energy, I'm a negative leader. If I'm sending a downgrading you, or I could be that guy who is going to, to your point, work hard, get in the trenches, unload that trailer at there three o'clock in the morning that pulls in that target. Because if I can do that, then people around me will see this, this culture that I'm cultivating Yep. based on my habits. Yep. And so when I do that, I start building this habit, these habits, I start building this culture, then man, people are going to, they're going to want to be on board on that, on that train with Dan. They're like, Hey dude, I'm going to skate. 10 suicides, red line to red line, blue line to blue line. Oh, I miss those. <laughs> I miss those in football. <laughs> I actually miss those. Like, I I, uh, I have pictures of me when I was on the football team back in high school. I still have those pictures. And I look back at them. I, I even text a few buddies of mine from the team. I'm like, God, do you miss when we did that? Do you miss when we, when we did suicides? Do you miss when we used to spell out the name of the team? That we would that we would play against hundred yard sprints there and back. Do you remember those days? I'm like, nope, I don't. Do I miss those? Probably. Do I remember them? Yes, but I don't miss them. I'm like, oh, I miss the adrenaline rush. I miss it. I miss it so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like there are things where you could go back and you cherish, and that's another thing. You, I live by this mantra cherish the moments you have not the ones that you want and like you can you can have you can look forward to the future don't cling on to the future but always cherish the ones that you always the moments that you have or the moments that you had like right every tattoo i have all six tattoos tell a story in their own life. And for those who are watching on the stream, I have I have a tattoo of Long Island. I have a tattoo of for my grandma. I don't know if I could do this on the camera. Yeah. Forever Rose. That's for my grandmother. I have a shark right here. For uh that means a couple that means a couple things. Uh gentle giant. Me. And then <laughs> and then uh because I and my aunt, my uh, my great aunt, uh, before she died, would always send me shark anything, whether it was teeth, jaws, you know, petrified sharks, or you know, anything. And uh, I wear this shark this shark tooth necklace, uh, one because it's effing badass, and two because yeah, I wear it for her honor. And you know, we would. We would talk a few times, and uh, she unfortunately uh, passed away from cancer. But uh, she was a badass, and my my dad, if 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 he's watching or listening, you know, he could attend to that. Like my my aunt was a badass, and this this paw print tattoo of my dog. Um, this is actual paw print, and I would I would look at that tattoo and I would play a song. By the Almond Brothers, Soul Shine, and I would look at the sunset or the sunrise, and I would listen to. I would just be in tears. She'd be like, 
I cherished every single 12 years that he was on this earth with me. And I always know that, hey, when I'm in my when I'm in my dark days or dark moments, I always remember, hey, just what would Max do? What would Max do? Well, he would he would lick my face. He would, and he would always, you know, cuddle beside me, because dogs unconditional love. I don't know if you have any dogs or or any yeah. pets or anything. Yeah, dogs. Oh my God, dogs over cats every single way, every single way, and. Oh, it's like, I got, um, a good question for you, uh, if I could just remember it, but what are some moments that you look, that you look into the past for, where you can look back and say, hey, I'm proud that happened. I'm proud I lived through that moment. What are, uh, what are some good, what are some moments that you could, that you could tell, that you could tell me in the audience about? Yeah, man, I, I, there's two of them that really stand out. When I first coached, uh, well, there's a couple, three. I, I was told I was too fat to play uh, soccer competitively when I was 11 years old. And you, you were talking about how big you used to be. I, I can relate because I was almost 200 pounds just about eight years ago. And I lost quite a bit of weight through lifestyle change, habits. Uh, when I started coaching boys competitive soccer, uh, a, a few of the parents, the first two, three teams said that I suck as a coach. I'm not a good leader. My teams will never succeed. I'll never succeed as a coach. And those are those moments where you're like, dude, wow. I mean, I've, maybe they're just being hateful or maybe they're just being real. And so how am I supposed to take this? So I was talking to my mom about it. And she's like, man, that's, that's up to you. You can quit or you can keep moving on because these kids need you. I was like, wow, that's pretty, pretty simple. And then probably I would say 10 years ago, there's a tornado that ripped through Yukon, Oklahoma, which is 30 minutes west of where I live. And my mom said, hey, call up some of your players to see how they're doing. Yep. And that was a powerful moment because that was one of the best teaching moments of my life because it was about the details. It was no longer about you. It's about their well-being as, as a human, as, as a kid or a teenager, right? And one of the parents, actually, when I talked to him a couple years later, he's like, that moment was a moment that I wanted my kid to play for you because you took the time out there you to go. call and see how it would. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and I relate to you, man. You're winning, even though a few years ago or even last year you were, you felt like you were losing. But dude, if you think about this, bro, you're the mindset you have now, the confidence I can see when I hear your voice, when I see your face and your smile, that gives me hope. That means, dude, you can do it. A lot of people can do it. People need to hear that. That that's so important. And you, I mean, you don't understand probably how important that is because it's you. However, when people are listening, people are watching, people just hear your, your voice. It's, it's confidence. And, and that's, that's what I want to do. That's, that's also a reason to, that's also one of the many reasons why I started, you know, the show is because, Hey, even if I talk about it 20,000 times, I, I know that, Hey, 
I'm proud of where I came from. I'm proud of, you know, where I grew up, you know, the struggles that I had in my life, you know, because I want to teach people that, hey, you can get out of this. You can get out of the, You can get out of that mud pit. You can get out of the quicksand. You can eventually get out of that hole that you that whether someone dug for, that someone dug you in or you dug it yourself, and you can eventually yeah. get that out of out of that hole. And there's this one friend of mine that I I haven't spoken to in a while, but um, there's this one friend that I. That, that his story really I, I bring this up to a couple people and who's also a former co-host of Time to Be As Podcast uh, Kyle, uh, my friend Kyle and he was he was in a rough place in his life whether it was um, whether it was alcohol drugs, bad family, you name it he was a he was in that he was in that lifestyle and it was one night one night he quit found religion and mike i know you if you're listening to this you can attest to this um that i text and he texted me at two o'clock in the morning just like i'm done i'm done with drugs i'm done with alcohol i'm done I'm going to get my life straight. I will. And even if it takes me years, I will do whatever I can to get my act straight. And I was sort of down a similar path. I was I was drinking heavily, but not as bad. But now I rarely drink, if at all. And, you know, and Kyle's story, you know, he... he he can tell me himself that he ruined his, he wasted his life. He did. He wasted his life. That's what he would tell, that's his words, not my words. But he would tell me, don't make the same mistakes I made. You are young. You are young. Don't make the same mistakes that I made. And even if it means, you know, you know, it's just, do whatever you can. Do whatever you can to get your act straight. Just keep going. Keep going forward. Whether you find religion, whether you don't, just do whatever you can to get your mind straight. Just do whatever you can. And I I I haven't spoken to him in a while, but I'm sure he's doing he's doing great. But that's that's a good story that I that I like to talk about every now and then, and it's it's a heartwarming moment when you when you're friends with someone for a for a long time, and you hear that oh I'm sober for almost a year because of this yeah. reason, and it's awesome. It really is. It's heartwarming. It really is heartwarming. Absolutely, man. Shoot him a text tonight. See how he's doing. Oh, I will. I will. But, and he also would tell me, hey, get out of those toxic situations. I was in bad relationship after bad relationship. And I was in bad friendships after bad friendships. And I think there is a, there is a saying 
where toxic people ruin your life faster than even the harshest poison. I think it is. I'm not 100% sure, but... Um, and I was in this one relationship where she was controlling my life. You know, granted, it ended badly, but, you know, there's a part of me that says, oh, I wish her nothing but the best. But at the same time, I'm like, God, I really, I'm really glad I got out of that situation because I, because at that time I was over 300 pounds. I was not healthy. I was sleeping terribly. I had sleep apnea. I was choking my, myself to death in my sleep. And... I got out of that, and I got healthier, I got better mentally, it's just, oh, thank God I got out of that toxic situation, so, what's a situation for you where you can say, God, I'm glad I got out of that moment, I'm glad I got out of that, that area? Man, that's a good question, I gotta dial it back to my memory, it's like, I'm, I'm so glad I got out of a, that moment. And that moment was probably uh, soccer related. Coaching. I mean, coaching, dude, I tell you what, man, coaching, if you ever get a chance to coach youth, do it. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're in uh, Austin, Texas. And after the end of every game, I would ask the guys, like, hey, how do you think it went individually? What do you think you could have done better, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. And so I went through and I talked to this kid, and he's like, man, what do you think you could have been what, – what do you think you could have done better, Juan? I was like, so I, I rambled off, uh, man, you know, I, I probably could have time-managed the team a little bit better with substitutions, maybe mix up a formation. And then he popped off. He's like, yeah, you probably could have done a better job, but you didn't. I was like, yeah, you're exactly right, man. So I'm apologizing. And he kept going. And I was like, hey, that's enough. And he kept mouthing. And I said, that's enough. Yep. And he said something when he's like, well, you know, it's a little too late now. I was like, hey, man, that's it. You need to pack your bag and take it back to the hotel. I'll see you back at the hotel. Well, we went to the team went to dinner, came back. I was in the lobby, sitting with two dads at the table, and then his dad and him came to the table, and so those two other dads left, and he just went off on me. The dad went off on me, and I just sat there and listened to him. I knew that he was pissed. Yeah, of course. So I just looked. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, look, we can talk about this when you, uh, we get back to Oklahoma." He's just like, "You know what?" you're the worst coach. And I was like, okay. And I was like, as a matter of fact, you guys can just pack it up and take it back to Oklahoma tomorrow morning if you want, but you're not playing. And you know, Austin's about five, six hours away from here. So they left and they came back to Oklahoma. I had the director of Oklahoma Soccer Association call me <laughs> and ask me. Yeah, he asked me, he's like, hey, is there any way you can let this kid back on the team? I know him. I was like, no, nope, because if I let, and he's a good, he's a good player, but that if I would let him back on the team at that point, you lose credibility and they say, do you keep a player or do you lose a locker room or do you lose a player to keep your locker room? Yep. So I chose to lose a player and keep a locker room. And that's important. And so, yeah, your question is like, man, was that moment? 
it was a pretty brutal moment up front that at the end of it yeah the they, they, the team did a lot better and ironically after the season ended everything was done they were all seniors the kid actually reached out to me and said hey Juan I want to know if I can uh, meet up with you and go to lunch I was like yeah sure so yeah. we met up he apologized about things that he said things that I was like hey man I don't hold any hard feelings and it's more than just a game to me it's always it's about life there you go and so I appreciate that you had the balls to actually ask me to lunch. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, that that was it. That was one of those moments. Yep. And you got to have those moments in your life. You got to have those those good moments, those bad moments, because it's a, it's a life-teaching moment. And yeah. I, I told, because another touchy subject, racism in particular, racism, cancel culture in particular, it's... You know, the whole movement of, oh, we need to end racism. You can't end racism. You can't end hate. It's like you can't end bullying. It's like, it's like a balance. It's like a scale. You need to keep the scale balanced. In a nutshell. You just do. And if that scale is off balance, even the slightest bit, you're fucked. You are. You rightfully are. And you, you see it. You, you see it today, especially in this country. You see it. And, and it's just, it's sad. It really is sad because, once again, love this country. I will go to, I will fight to my dying breath protecting this country. I will. Even though I'm not in the military. But even if, even not in the military. I will do whatever I can to protect the glory of this country that our forefathers, that our forefathers brought to us. Even if it was built by slavery, who cares? It's history. Who cares? But the fact that you got these schmucks that are trying to change history, change American history, is... Huh? Huh? Uh, you're right. I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Is I... I can't say that I've really ever experienced any racism towards myself or my family personally. If if my parents have, then they never played the victim mentality. So then I would never know about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I does racism exist? Yeah, of yeah. course. Is it as big as uh, the media and uh, the athletes want to make it? I'm not sure. The reason why I say that is if you were to pay attention to European soccer, European countries, China, some Asian countries, for instance, there are some of the most racist countries. Their racism compared to ours makes ours look like child's play. Like looks like choir boys. <laughs> I mean, it, it's true. It, it's yeah, really true. it I, is. I met up with a police officer who's a, a black police officer and we're friends as well. And he's talking about racism. So, he asked me what my thoughts were. And so I gave him the exact same thoughts I'm giving you. And I brought up soccer. I brought up European soccer, why they play without fans because of racism. Mm -hmm. And so he researched it. And so now he teaches about it at OU on some of his adjunct classes. So it's very important to acknowledge, does it exist? Yes. Is it as big as we magnify it? Mm. Nope. Yeah. And more importantly, 
the victim card, the victim mentality. Oh my gosh. Mindset. So you can educate, you can educate when someone you feel like is being racist towards you. And if they keep going, then at least you try to educate, right? Yeah. Don't play the victim. Mentality Don't play the victim card. Don't play the victim card. If you're going yeah. to be, if you're going to be an ass about it, I'm going to slap you in the face. That is my view on it. Yeah. If you're going to play the victim card all the time, listen, it's fine to play the victim card when you're shot, one, or when you're stabbed, right. because you got stabbed and you got shot. But if you're playing the victim card because someone insulted you over, you know, how you tied your shoes, for example, then it's... What's the point? And... Right. I, I throw this other situation. Okay, we can... As a country, we could be focusing on racism, which we've been focusing on since God knows how long. Why don't we focus on current subjects like, I don't know, child trafficking, sex trafficking, drug trafficking that's potentially going on within the U.S. government? Huh? Why don't we focus on that, huh? Far more important shit. You know, war on drugs, war on terror that's somehow still going on. But terrorism or... You know, far more important stuff rather than just yeah. focus on, granted, no disrespect, small shit. Like, that is minuscule yeah. compared to political corruption. And like you said before. Political s- corruption, yeah. Yeah, like you said before, Dude, the smaller, the- smaller governments, the better, yeah. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. Is it cold? Is it cold in Long Island right now? Eh, it's not too bad. It's uh, it's raining yeah. now. It's not too bad, but um, I think it's like thirty something degrees. The coldest it was here was about yeah. thirteen, but let me check. It's around. If the internet could load, that'd be fantastic. Uh, it should be about twenty-ish, twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah, it's about th- about There's thirty-four. The heat you feel in your house. Yeah. The the surroundings you have in your house. That's brought to you by freedom. There American you go. energy. Amen. You need to be focusing on that. Saving jobs. Being energy dependent. Yeah. The racism, it doesn't matter what race you are. If, if they're going to pay you $100,000 of work on a, on a pipeline to bring American energy out of the ground to the Americans, guarantee you're going to get paid. Let me get this out here. Because I support those people, and here is why, my man. Because I, myself, am a welder. I, myself, am a welder. I, myself, am a welder, and it pisses me off you got these schmucks. They're just like, oh, it's a temporary job. It's a temporary job. They'll find more jobs. Like, meanwhile, they're living in coffee shops. They're working in coffee shops at Starbucks. I love Starbucks, but come on now. Just temporary job, my ass. Like, welders built your coffee shops. Welders built your cities. We built your bridges. Okay, we build your cars. We build most of your shit here in this country. And what do we do? We get tossed to the side like we're a bunch of fucking pebbles. Pisses me off. I work in the energy sector myself, so... Hey, I'm all in the one guy's business. There you go. There you go. There's not enough 
workers in the trade business. There are not a lot of, you know, trades anymore. It's a dying craft. It is. And it's sad. Because you have more lawyers out there. You have nurses. Granted, I love the medical field. But there are more kids going to school for nursing. Okay? Than there are going to schools to be a mechanic. Or to be a construction worker. Be a welder. You know, be, you know... An engineer, you know, like yourself, you know, like it's, it's insane because I think, oh, I don't want to get my hands dirty. Meanwhile, my hands are blistered up like crazy from, you know, welding. And I, and one of my biggest pieces of advice I have to give for, you know, people my age or people younger than me, I, in high school, I told them, okay, Think long and hard about college. Do you want to go to college where you potentially have hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt for 30 years plus? Which I don't know if I don't know if you have, you know, college debt right now or do you go to college or anything? I have no idea. I, I do and I do, yes. <laughs> My condolences. <laughs> but <laughs> but or you could go to a trade school. Where you can become a welder, or an iron worker, construction worker, you know, mechanic, you know, something, you know, get it, have a trade, and you got these kids that are like, oh, I want to go to school and be nursing, or I want to go to school be a welder, to be not a welder, a lawyer. And it's like, think long and hard about college because school is the single most important decision of your life. When you think about it, you're either going to, you know, regret it for the rest of your life, potentially, or you will cherish it for the rest of your life. It is a 50-50 split when you think about it in terms of college. And the college system is just as corrupt when you think about it. And it's, it's crazy. When you're starting to see, you know, students are they're finally understanding that oh, the co the collegiate system is corrupt as hell. Particularly when you look at the higher up schools like University of Oklahoma, Penn State, USC, UCLA, etc. University of Texas, you know, Florida State, Miami. List list goes on and on and on and on. Especially in collegiate sports, it's it's nuts. Yeah, you're right, man. It's you speaking of college sports. Is I, I read an article the other day. I can't remember what college university, but they were kneeling for the <clears throat> excuse me for the flag. Oh, that so just they got makes suspended. me mad. Yeah, so you probably heard about it. they got suspended, and then they got had a forfeit game. And so their the respective college was like, "Hey, you guys just stay in the locker room," and then after the anthem, you guys can come out and play. And my thought is, look, if you are that motivated by social injustice here's what you should do nil every game forfeit every game get your point across for four years yep because you're gonna athletic scholarship yeah but what you what they forget is you're a student athlete you're not an athlete student yep you're a student first you represent the university so the university quit pandering to them if they want to kneel let them kneel you forfeit every stinking game. There you go. And you make your point across four years. Yep. Do it. Yep. And, and they won't. Yeah. 
What's your thoughts? And that brings me up to Colin Kaepernick. What are your thoughts on the on Colin Kaepernick? Despite it's you know five years later. What are your thoughts on that? Like, cause I wanted to get Nate Boyer on the show, uh, former Green Beret and former uh, University of Texas long snapper Nate Boyer. I wanted to get him on the show to talk about this, and he even said it himself. Like, hey, listen, like freedom of speech. You do whatever the hell you want. Just mm-hmm. if you're going to be an ass about it, you're going to get retaliation. Just yeah. Like, I don't think you get slapped in the face for it, but if you if you do, then that's your that's your problem. But yeah, no, that you're, he's right, and you do have the freedom of speech to to protest, to do yep. what you want. And my thought is, there's a respectful way to do it. Yep. Um, if I'm Colin Kaepernick, I I wouldn't do it myself just because no, that's not what I believe in. If no. that's what uh, Colin Kaepernick believes in, then he's going to do that. Uh, but be consistent about it and be respectful about your message. Yep. If that's what you're going to do. Yep. You, what you're, I felt like that situation happened is you're causing a divide. It's almost like when a certain, I think it was LeBron James when he said, every time I come out of my house, I feel like there's a target on, on my back or something like that. I might be ad-libbing it. But when you come out there with that mentality, you're making people divisive because in reality, you probably live in one of the nicest neighborhoods in California and it's probably well secured. So I'm not so sure the general population like myself fully believes that you have a target on your back or just because you're, you're black or just because you're Asian or white, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But coming out, making those type of statements, there's unintended consequences that come with it. Yeah. So if you're going to kneel for the flag, most Americans are patriots. They believe in the flag. They love the national anthem. It gets your juices flowing. You play football. You played hockey. You know you've been to those Islander games when you stand for the flag and it's playing before the face-off. It's like, man, this is it. Yeah, especially the, it. especially the Canadian national anthem. You can't. You feel pumped. You're just like, all right, let's yeah. go, let's go. And hockey atmospheres are awesome. And I've, I didn't play hockey. Yeah. But I played football and lacrosse. But um, even even. You know, when I played high school football and lacrosse, I'm just like, oh, go time. You just feel pumped, especially when you're at hockey. A hockey atmosphere is as good as anything, is as great as anything. Because especially home games and Islander fans are as passionate as they can be. And it's so great that when you – because when I – because it drives people nuts when I do this. I was – I, I always, every now and then, when I am watching the National Anthem or listening to it, either I have my hand on my heart, as per usual, or I give a salute because I, as I have family and friends who are either current or former military or police officers, yeah. and I do that out of respect for current and former military because that's how I am, and it drives people fucking nuts. It's like, you weren't, you didn't serve. It's like, so What? So what? Yeah. I respect the military. Yeah, I, I'll tell you a quick story about the flag. So I'm gonna re- I'm gonna give you an example of what my dad told me when they left our country. So in Vietnam, the Republic, when it was freedom, it was a yellow flag with three red ho- horizontal stripes. Yep. And 
when they left, that flag came down. Yep. Because of communism. So it's now a red flag with, I think, a yellow star, something like that. But you don't know what it feels like to lose your flag, to lose your country until you've experienced it. I can't, I can't say that. I don't ever want to feel that way. I don't want to ever lose a country. I don't want to ever lose our flag. Nope. And so when I hear that story from my parents and from those boat people, it's like, man, we live in the greatest country in the world, the United States, and you have the right to protest. You have the First Amendment to do this, this, and that. And you're going to, in my own opinion, disrespect the flag of the United States of America that we're all representing. We're supposed to be one. That's that's pretty crazy to me. Oh, yeah. Drives drives people nuts. It drives people nuts when you think about it. And I, uh, and all the protests are going around. Listen, you have every single right to believe in what you want to believe in. You have every single right. And I have one rule remember only. Don't be an asshole about it. Don't be an (laughs) asshole about it. And. If you're going to be an asshole about it, then I'm going to be an asshole back. Like, you're an asshole to me. I'm going to be an asshole to you. Simple mindset. And yeah, and it's and it goes back to an earlier topic we had. You can't end racism. You can't. Like, there's always going to be racism. There's always going to be hate. There's always going to be this. There's always going to be that. It's just a natural part of human life. It's a it's a natural part. Like, do you really think that Adam... Do you really... Okay, do you really think there's love and support in the animal kingdom? The animals hate each other. Like, perfect example. Do you think a lion just goes with a gazelle and be like... Like, gives it pets or starts licking it? Do you really think that? No. The animal's gonna bite its head off. The, the lion's gonna bite off the right. gazelle's head. Because in the animal kingdom, no one gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck. No one. And I believe that we should, you know, develop that mindset of just, okay, you can love someone, but if you're going to be an asshole, be an asshole. Like, it's not hard. It's really not hard to think about just, oh, how can we end racism you, you can't just be a nicer person and don't be a dick it's just simple as that but yeah. and I know and I know it's a very touchy subject the whole the Black Lives Matter movement it's like okay then I know it's a touchy thing to say but you wouldn't have been you know that, that wouldn't have happened if you weren't doing something stupid but it is what it is I mean yeah, people people die all the time. Life moves on. And I don't know if you've seen Star Wars before. But, okay, so there is a scene in Revenge of the Sith where Yoda says, Death is a natural part of life. You know, mourn them do not, miss them do not. They are one with the Force. And it's like, oh, I have to rewatch that a few times. You're like, oh. Death is a natural part of life. Yeah, I miss my dog. I miss past some friends and family members who have, you know, moved on to the great, 
to the great life, so the afterlife or death or whatever, you know. But you cherish the you cherish the moments you had with them, and I mean you can't bring them back. There's no way possible to bring them back. But the fact that there are movements out there for you know for people that are you know being killed by cops is like okay, how about we get our soldiers home? How about that? How about we get our hundreds of thousands of soldiers home from overseas that are still dying? How about we support our troops, support our first responders, police officers, etc.? Support that, okay? That's that's what I say. And you have soldiers to this day that are dying from, you know, post-war syndrome or post-9-11 syndrome that's cancers and shit I mean, it's focus on that focus on more important things that i'm not saying you know the black lives matter movie isn't important i'm saying you know focus on you know keeping our country together keep our country together instead of we're as divided as a country as ever as ever and it's sad it's sad that you know it's we need to, you know, get back to the way things were. You know, where we were proud to be Americans, proud to be in this country of, I get it, freedom of speech, but it's, what, what I don't know, what, what, do you, what do you think of it? What do you think? Yeah, that, that, that's good. I mean, that's a lot of uh, great points that you're, you're making. You touched on that. The death one really... I'll, I'll hit that one up is when I talked to my parents about the whole COVID thing last March, that's when my dad was like, the, the fear, the fear of this versus getting in that boat and people were dying of diseases, starvation, and we're dodging bullets. This isn't. This pales in comparison. Yep. And uh, I thought thought to myself, I was like, man, that is one heck of a mindset. And that's when I came up with the whole undefeated, you know, that's the undefeated mindset. Not letting things just weigh me down all the time. There you go. Because the fear is going to eat at you every day if you let it, if you allow it. Mm -hmm. And the fear of whether it's failure, the fear of death, if I were to die tomorrow, man, I felt like I, I've given back quite a bit. Is there more to do? There's always more to do. There's no finish line. However, you can make, to your point earlier, you can make the most of every minute, every moment that you have. Yep. Now, can we be 100% yep. about it? Nope. There's no such thing as perfection. Nope. But you can do it with a lot of excellence every day. Yep. It. There's no such thing as perfection. And I... I was just going to say, there's no such thing as perfection. There is always room for improvement. Always room for improvement. You could look at, you know, a building, for example. You can look at the structure. You can look at the the interior structure of a building. Or you could look at a car and say, oh, that's a perfect car. Or you can look at, you know, I don't know, you know, your members of your family be like, God, I have a perfect family. In a nutshell, you know, that's what you, that's what you think. But a good friend of mine once said, hey, there is no such thing as perfection. There is always room for improvement. 
As crazy as it may sound, it's true. It is true. It is true. And you hit it right on the head. Hit it right on the head with that. I love that you said that. There's no such thing as a perfect world. It's always room for improvement. That's what technology is for. There's no such thing as perfect technology or... No, you go. Yeah. Oh, here's another thing is... One of my pet peeves, I'm building a project or working with a group of um, players or colleagues. They're like, well, if it's not broke, let's not fix it. And my, my thought is, okay, but if it's not broke, there's always a way to make it a little bit better with a tweak, to make it more efficient. There's always a way, to your point, to improve it. Mm-hmm. That it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it mentality. No, man, you got to keep improving. There you go. You got to keep improving every day. Yep. And you could have a broken arm or you could have cerebral palsy. You could have, you know, a mental disability, physical disability, whatever. You know, hard work pays off. And another thing that I wanted to talk about was, you know, the rise in depression or the rise in, you know, suicidal thoughts and anxiety, etc. And... I tell people, you know, who deal with depression all the time, I tell them this. Self-love goes a long way. You learn to love yourself, you will learn to love others, no matter what imperfections they may have. You learn to love yourself for who you are. And I respect I respect the hell out of people that have that mindset. And, you know, a, a, an old podcast guest at BS Sessions um, he taught me this. He taught me this. And he said, hey, you learn to love yourself for who you are, no matter, you know, age, height, weight, skin color, who gives a flying fuck? Learn to love yourself for who you are. It goes a long way. Because you, you will learn happiness. You will learn what it is to feel happy. And it's... I... I, I tell people that all the time. Just learn to love yourself for who you are. That's awesome, man. I You talked about the suicide. I'm going to touch on that for just a second. Yeah. In the last year and a half, I've had asked two of my friends if they felt suicidal or if they felt like they were going to commit suicide. And probably people are like, oh, man, why would you ask someone that? Well, if you think about it, if you just listen to people like your friends or even mm-hmm. strangers and they're just opening up and they're talking to you about certain things. There's certain moments. If you're paying attention, you will catch them. And then I did a podcast with the CEO of the mental health association and I went to their uh, QPR training, which is uh, question, persuade, and then refer. So if you can question someone and they, the answer they're giving you, you persuade them. And then after that you refer them. And so the question is if you've, if Wong was like, hey man, do you feel suicidal? And your answer was yes, I would take the keys to your car and I would refer you to, let's say the, um, a, a counselor or mm-hmm. even a police officer. Yep. Yep. And they would take you there. And But that's what you have to do. It's They say it's a hard conversation. The stigma is it's a tough conversation. In reality, it's not really a conversation. It's if you're listening, just pay attention to what someone is telling yep. you. Yep. And 
Um, another friend of mine, I went through, um, I went through, jeez, four straight days of drinking nonstop, and I had a buddy of mine come over, uh, come over to my apartment, and, it's, and he took all my alcohol away and say, you are not drinking as a way of getting your thoughts, of getting your emotions straight. You are not doing that. And I told him what was on my mind. He sat me down, told me told me straight up, you need to get right in the head before you do anything else involving alcohol or anything. And I take you know I take alcohol use very seriously. I don't screw around with that anymore. And I made that I made a very difficult I made a very you know stupid mistake of doing that. And he came up he he told me just. Drinking is not the way to get your emotions intact. Do what you do the best. And I and I do this. I do the following. I take I go in my car whenever I feel upset, because I'm sane enough to do that. I go in my car, drive to the nearest beach, and just listen to the waves. Listen to them. That's awesome. And perks of being on Long Island is that there's a beach every single corner. Every single corner. And it's 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, two hours, go to the beach. And I I have a a few buddies, I just tell them, listen, go to the, just sit by the water. Sit by the water and listen to the waves, listen to the seagulls, listen to every, just listen to nature. And just, even if it's dark as hell out there, go to the beach, listen to the waves and you will feel relaxed. And I took a nap in my car at the beach one night. I took a nap for about two hours. I'm like, wow. I got to remember to go to the beach more often. And <laughs> it's it's amazing when you just, even if I just sit there and meditate for, for, a, for 30 minutes. It's just, nature is yeah. so relaxing. And... There were times where, yeah, I did feel like complete and total dog shit about myself or like, God, I wish I did that because it's regret and regret of the past. But I had to remind myself and slap myself in the head and be like, hey, the past is the past. What happened in the past happened. You can't change it. You have to look forward to the future, but the present is here. Look forward to what you have to do today and what you have to do tomorrow. Look forward to the good things. Don't focus so much on the bad shit as much as on the good shit. And that that's what you said before and you asked people like, hey, do you ever feel suicidal? And that that hit home is there were t- there were times, you know, in the past where I was, you know, in high school, I just felt I I felt like shit. And there were part. There were days where I thought, okay, I can't take it anymore. There were days where I thought I can't take it anymore. And when you do feel, and when I do feel that way, sometimes I know, okay, one, I'm not right in the head. Either two, I haven't taken my medicine, and I'm thankful that I take my medicine every day, every day. And mom, if you're watching, yes, I do take my medicine, and <laughs> and you know, I'm thankful. For all the help I've received, all the help I've gotten, and 
in the past 10 plus years. It's just, whether it's doing this podcast, going to many psychiatrists, going to therapists, you know, help from friends, family, etc. Just anything. Any, mental health is, you are not, if you are not right in the head, your life is screwed up. And a way of putting it this way is like, mental health is the most important part of your life. Physical health is one thing. Physical health is one thing. If you're not right in the head, then then you have to do something about it. Like, immediately do something about it. Yeah. It's... That's right, man. Yeah. And, and now you got my number, you got my contact, so there's Hell yeah. no excuse. Hell you yeah. Call me anytime. Yeah, same, same way to you, brother. Same way to you. Oh. We're almost at an hour and a half, so I think we're gonna end it. We're gonna end it on this, um, bro. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. I appreciate everything. That I appreciate everything, my man. Just you coming on, you you just supporting us the whole way there from the sports cave going forward to time to BS is awesome. So I thank you for that, and thank you to those who have tuned in for uh, BS sessions volume thirteen. Uh, stay tuned because we have guests in play for volumes 14 and 15. Uh, don't forget to tune in to future episodes of Time to Be As Podcast on the Unhinged Sports Network. Um, our thanks to Long Lamb for my my man. My man. Likewise, brother. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on this stream. And we hope to see you guys sometime in the near future. Peace, Peace guys. Thank you.